Seven minutes of terror. That horrifying silence between being ready and actually going live. That gap between hitting the button and the signal actually coming back. The Hutton radio team are running through their pre-checklist checklist. All presenters, prepare for broadcast. Seats to your upright position and please put your tray tables away. Broadcasting? Check. Recording? Check. Thrusters for landing? Check. Someone remembered to pack the parachute? Uh, check. Docking clamps released? Check. Patent shirt? Check. Falling towards the ground at high speed? Oh, bother. Check. Cash or check? Check. Queen to King 5? Check. Eastern Europe online? Check. Parachute deployed? Check. Thank goodness for that. Body? Check. Thrusters fired? Check. Touchdown? And... check. As the instruments on the new robot broadcast deck unfurl for their test, the speakers broadcast their first ever sound. Our mics are, I hope, live. Check. Good evening. It appears as if we're on the air, and after all that checking, I'd better check if my co-presenters are ready. I'm joined in the studio by Wilma Fingerdoo. Check. Uh, sorry. Present. Looking forward to the Galnet Food Digest later. Also by the Hutton Apology Officer, Mia. We're ready with the... Are you ready with the uh, Hutton Sports Report this week? Um, I'll check. Also, our latest member of the team, Juan Kerr. Good evening. The inimitable Norma Snockers, who with Flossie will be bringing us updates on what everyone's up to. Work. I think we're ready. And the commander that no one ever listens to, but says really important stuff, Lou Snockers. Sorry, I was looking at NASA and the Pilots' Federation and working out which planet was more interesting. Well, there's more on NASA soon, but first, the headlines. <laughs> Ice station naked. I'm Commander Roraima. Give me your trash. Rampaging rovers rob residents. Banter bus bounces back after reboot. Ball cock drops as stop cock unlocked. He's going to say stuff that you're not going to bother listening to, so there's no point in me reading a headline. <laughs> Seamless. Seamless. And I'm telling you where everyone else has gone. Former Lacon spokesperson Eric Buck Naked is no stranger to danger. 
Since his retirement, it was hoped that he had gone for a little bit of the easy life, knocking back tequilas whilst sitting in his rocking chair on the porch, or maybe just indulging a little barbecuing out in the backyard. Not for this trucker is the easy life, though. After a short acting career in classic lasagna westerns such as Pasty Rider, The Good, The Bad and The Naked, and A Fistful of Opals, he set out on a new mission to discover the location of Space Texas, somewhere else out there in the galaxy that gave him the vibes of being at home. The climate, the sheer size, the barbecued meat products, system to system in search of somewhere he could claim by putting down one spurred boot and standing proudly in his Stetson. Digging through the diaries of old spaces he found at the Tionesla ship graveyard, sometimes torn and stained from years of use, then decades of neglect, he found a cryptic diary referring to Dallas. Or more precisely, as some of the later letters were unreadable, Dalla. Searching through his pocket copy Universal Cartographics, kept under his seat, as all good nakeds don't have pockets, he dialed in the coordinates put his boots up on the console and set a course. Arriving in the system, the closest he could find was the star Dalla C, and he promptly set the auto landing system for one of the planets. Dropping down the walkway without looking and setting foot on the planet's surface, his first words weren't yee-haw, but Houston, we have a problem. This was as far from space Texas as it was possible to get, a frozen and icy tundra, and most definitely, no sippin' whiskey. With a blizzard incoming and attired as usual, the nip in the air turned to a bite, and Buck watched as his undercarriage went corrugated, his hard points went brittle, and everything, including his trusty space cow, turned blue. Unable to restart the Type 9 due to icing on his fairings, he headed back inside through the though the temperature inside his quarters had dropped to, for a Texan, a blisteringly cold 12 degrees Celsius. For our American cousins out there, that's 53 and a bit Fs. And F he did. Despite activating silent running, the ship stayed cold, and unlike his co-pilot, who's blessed with thick fur, he didn't fancy gambling around the outside of the ship. The last communication from Buck said that he was finding anything flammable on the ship to make himself a fire to huddle round, but given the lack of items in his wardrobe, that probably means he's burning his way through the collected works of Senator Wagar, Volumes 1 through 100. He ended the transmission with a warning. Don't come to Dallas Sea. There are more icy bodies than his list of ex-Mrs. Nekids. Commander Roy Raymer appears to have taken a leaf out of Mr. Dusty's book. I'm Mr. Dusty. Give me your trash. Or else believes that he's playing Battlefield Scavenger and has decided that a life spent mudlarking around combat zones, the pinnacle of his piloting career. We would, of course, never stand in judgment over another pilot's choice of life or indeed playing style. So we can objectively report that happy to let others risk their ships and their lives in actual combat, our brave commander stands on the sidelines and watches the death throes of a valiant pilot as their ship disintegrates in a shower of sparks, then dashes in, limpets ablaze, to gather up any dropped materials that have been left behind, and scurries back to check on his spoils of war. This technique, whilst minimising the risks of being lasered by an enemy, 
since neither side is your foe or indeed your friend, not entirely without risk. There is always the chance that someone will spot what you're up to and take exception, resulting in your own ship producing an impromptu firework display and a small snigger from someone who thanks you for doing all the hard work in gathering the materials. We don't want to leave you with the impression that this is a poor way to acquire materials. Why, just this week, Comparema has managed to pick up 32 tonnes of carbon, 3 flawed focus crystal, 18 tonnes of scrap, always Okamahutton, 17 shopping trolleys, an avocado-flavoured... Avocado-flavoured? Avocado-coloured bath with only one crack in it, with a stain in it that's best not to ask about, and a fungal infection that seems annoyingly resistant to treatment. Well, today sees the 1,286th anniversary of the Perseverance rover landing on Mars, and we have received worrying reports about its behaviour and that of its contemporaries. In an effort to keep themselves operating, the Martian rovers have been drawn to the suburbs of the Federation capital city, Olympus Village, where they have been scavenging for discarded tech they can use to replace worn or damaged parts. One resident said, They're at the bloody bins every night. Curiosity found a half-eaten kipper the other night and decided that it was a life form. Have you heard a 21st century rover loudly declaring it has found a life on Mars at three o'clock in the morning? It sounds like a ZX Spectrum screaming. I couldn't sleep with that going on. Never mind that we're in the middle of a very large city full of humans and Mars has been terraformed for years, Curiosity decided it wanted to make first contact with a half-eaten smoked fish. They're breeding too, one resident said. I've seen little ones with the bigger rovers. They even resurrected Beagle 2, although it doesn't call itself Beagle 2 anymore. It insists, in a very loud voice, that it is Johnny 5 and that it is alive. I know they're protected as historical technology, but the Federation must be able to do something. Some of the dumber ones are falling into the canals and they make the place look really messy. Well, this worrying behaviour is not limited to the rovers. Some of the satellites have also been playing up, swooping down on unsuspected citizens to snatch technology right out of their hands. One angry Olympian told us that the AMAL Hope probe launched by the UAE Space Agency back in 2020 dove at her and stole a data slate she was working on. She ranted, I was in the park for a bit of air and decided to check my messages while I was there. Suddenly it went dark and this satellite thing dropped down and snatched the data slate right out of my hands. As it flew away, I got into a big fight with Tianwen-1, the search for heavenly truth, and dropped my slate. It smashed all over the path. While they were fighting, Mariner 9 came trundling out of a bush and hoovered up the bits. I thought it was going to steal my money from the bank account, but the police said it was probably just after my chips. The federal government said that as the probes and rovers are protected by international conservation legislation, there is very little they can do, except move them to the other side of the planet and hope they don't find their way back. Commander Kinrain, Muggy Award winner and master of Baz's Banter Bus and the Hill Passy Blues, has, our listener has heard, been out of action for the last three months. After his incident, he's been in recovery and rehab and under the tender ministrations of Nurse Wyeth, who is attempting to bring him back online with a series of reboot and repair manoeuvres. 
but hope to get his hard points back online, his communications up and running, and him back fighting fit and raring to go. News from the Hutton Infirmary is that Commander Kinrain has finally been discharged from the infirmary and into the care of Ali, who has been given instructions that he's your problem now and for goodness sakes, will you get him to stop wearing those backless gowns? The most recent attempt at a reboot and repair has, however, been partially successful, bringing his communication systems back online. An inbound call to Hutton Orbital from his retreat was mostly successful, with only one word in ten being censored by the swear filter. Hardpoints and ship systems are still partially online, but with comms running he was able to get on to important matters, namely the Hilla Passi and Banter Bus fleet carrier. His first words, Oh my god, the maintenance! I've not paid the maintenance! After rapid inquiries were made with his fellow banterers, we can confirm that falling down and going bump appears to have been one of the best financial decisions he has ever made, as the banter bus crew have been exclusively handing in their bounties aboard the special effect carrier, and it appears that Commander Kinrain might now be a billionaire. It's small comfort to a man who at present still flies around in circles and bumps into things but at least he doesn't have to contend with the smell of mothballs once he finally gets back aboard the carrier. As the apology officer is otherwise engaged with whatever apology officers do when they're not apologising, it's been left to me to say sorry for part of last week's show, where we may have inadvertently misled you about the nature of the drought in Alpha Centauri, which, in the end, only lasted for six days. Yes, we did say all hands to the pump and this is serious and begged everyone to bring in liquid to relieve us. But even once you thoroughly drenched us in your fluids, we were still as dry as a bone and the situation was getting a little bit painful and there was no lubrication reaching the affected system parts and water sports were completely out of the question. We tried flushing, we tried hosing, we tried rinsing our mouths out and spitting and eventually swallowing <coughs> our pride, but to no avail. We were drier than Wotherspoon's wit after Beetlejuice makes a mistake, and we were prepared to concede defeat when somebody shouted, Stop, cock! I'm sorry, we should say, Stop, cock. Have we checked the stop, cock? Now, even we are not stupid enough, no, not even you, you know who you are, to have left the water turned off at the tap. However, it does appear that a certain Mr. CBT of Hutton may have accidentally parked his purple python on the main outlet hose, an act which the gentleman in question described as the worst blockage since my last kidney stone. And after shoving his ship to one side, water began to flow once more and all is well. Well, maybe not all, as there was no water whatsoever. Cecil started using gin for everything, which meant that his cup of coffee was more like an espresso martini and he had a stupidly wide grin while cleaning his teeth. And Cubicle 3 was not flush for six days, a working party still looking for ideas on how to make that section of the stable a station usable again, but the front run at the moment is to tow it away and drop it into a sun. Not our sun, of course, as the colonial ejection would be massive. 
on behalf, obviously, of Loose Knockers, who seems to be having <clears throat> a small Hutton frog in his throat, or at least his digital throat. Uh, this week we have three systems below 40% and seven systems above 60%. And one system we don't want to be in, but we've somehow moved up into third place. Generally speaking, it sounds like a poem out of Blackadder, which is boom, 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 and boom. We have only two systems with notable states this week. Avic has an infrastructure failure and Trepin is allegedly under pirate attack. Although that may just be Commander Defoe visiting and the intern getting a little bit premature with the red alert bulb. As we should all know by now, infrastructure failure can, failure can very rapidly plummet our influence. And as we worked really hard to take control of Avic, we'd like to keep it that way. We need all pilots to assist with deliveries of food and machinery commodities and end this state as quickly as possible. Truckers using the excuse of, I was at the CG, can frankly do one, as it takes less time to get from Luton Star to Avic with a hole full of nosh than it does to fill up said hole with the rares they need. So if you can't spare the time for one T9 full to Avic, then there's a naughty step in LHS 340 waiting just for you. And you'll have to ditch the T9 to get there as well. If the pirate attack turns out to be real, standard pew-pew tactics will drive them out, find them, and destroy them with extreme prejudice. Finally, the situation in Carcinari is getting a little out of hand. 14.5% may not sound a lot, but with all the assets owned by Ronin Inc., there are no conflicts to stall our progress, so we need to actively reduce our influence there. It won't go down naturally, as the natural reaction to our fluffy leader is obviously to offer him treats and your unending servitude. So get over there and support everyone except us and Ronin Inc. Meanwhile, over in Colonia, there's an election in Tyr, as usual. Everywhere else is also the same as usual, so drop your hut and bounties at Fort Mug and run missions, passengers and trading in all of our systems. Data also can be dropped at any of our stations or outposts. And on that note, it's now over. It's time now for our regular look at the community-led events out there. Saturday at 2100 UTC sees the start of the Small Ship Bounty Hunting event, organised by Commander Venezia. There's an entry in our events page in Facebook which says... We will be heading to Wolf 1481 for bounty hunting. We will only be using small ships for this trip, so make sure to outfit and engineer a good one. We will turn in bounties at Velasquez for Hutton and the rest at Alvin's Poor Carrier. We'll be launching from the pool, so make sure to head out before the event. See you all there. If, like me, you find it hard to satisfy your bloodlust... Hey, who wrote this? Harry? Oh! You're joining Lou on the naughty step when I catch you. Uh, it's so good to use Floss's clangor. As I was saying, if you must go and shoot at pirates and Venezia's event doesn't suit you because you've got a big one, or it's past your bedtime, then King Hanky himself is organizing one for Sunday the 18th of February, starting at 1600 UTC to celebrate his birthday. Details on our events page on Facebook. And now another update from Eros Mandalung regarding his voter-controlled expedition aboard the FTP Ifastan. This time featuring footage from our uh, Commander Bapstar. Yes, the one from Bapstarcade. 
the date is the 16th of February 3307. What can I tell you about the first week exploring? Well, it's like all things. We got on our way a little late and got fairly close to our target system. We did in fact pull a little bit short, as predicted, uh, due to the low density of the region, and I didn't want to strand our explorers early on. After scouting the area, I noticed there was a small nebula nearby, and as such, it was voted that we relocate to the Triffid of the North, as a point of interest. I got out and did a little bit of scouting and exploring, um, as is the point of this journey. And uh, yeah, I got down a few of the sights and sounds, such as this um, nice, really dusty ring of a gas giant orbiting a uh, brown dwarf star, and a, a couple of potato worlds uh, just for good measure. I also, thanks largely to good luck, managed to run into Commander Babster, who was kind enough to give us a flyby and sent in some exploration footage to show you. So I'll hand it over to him. Check out his Twitch and YouTube channel. Uh, some really nice uh, retro content going on there. What we've got here is uh, a couple of really nice examples of um, magma volcanism, uh, where you can sit there, try and toast some marshmallows from your SRV. Uh, this one is particularly cool. Uh, this is a water geyser or something close to it. So <laughs> perhaps that does the, uh, the only thing that you can do, which is uh, which is to push yourself far off the surface. A um, little bit of lift off of that one, but I imagine the gravity here is a little bit higher than being able to break orbit or anything. The rest are mostly postcards, but very, very pretty postcards, especially of some nice canyons here. One of the water geyser. A quick pose next to the carrier. And what is an amazing shot of a uh, close binary system and uh, bark mounts. Some more foam rolls. And then finally, an Earth-like world. So, really nice find. These are really interesting. So these are crystal spires. Uh, they appear typically around uh, volcanic activity, but typically very far from the entry point. So thanks to him and some of the exploration I did, um, and probably some others, we almost banked this week's upkeep, running at a small loss. It's not too shocking given that this area is kind of largely already explored and the large ticket items have already been taken. So, as always, time comes to do the tally of the votes and to get the old black box fired up. It's at this point that I actually realised that Create Phantom doesn't actually have a keyboard nearby and I forgot to move the black box Jumpertron thingy from the Cobra. So, I'll have to go back there. So, just give me a moment. All right, here we go. Put the data in and hit go. Oh, not bad. This is pointing at a fairly reasonable jump, pretty much level. Uh, minus 5200, minus 400, and minus 1300. So, uh, let's get up the map. 
I'm not going to read that, but once again, as with the last week, uh, if I spot anything during the flight, or if I spot anything during the initial look around, I'll relocate the carrier. Seems like that line might become a little bit redundant in the future, uh, given that uh, I did find an intro star uh, nearby, and so I relocated there. The plan is to stay here all week, so happy exploring. And that's all the news we have this week. Good evening then and welcome back to the studio. Yes, uh, we, we seem to have been plagued by I don't know. I think we've been bouncing the signal off sort of Mars in the year 2021 and back again. Um, but so uh, we're sorry about losing dead meat GF there and a little bit of Flossie, but we are reassured that I think Flossie is now back up and running again. Are you there, Flossie? I hope so. I presumed my, my um, keyboard had gone flat and I've changed the batteries. Right, so. I think we needed more checks, didn't we? We should have had battery check at the start and, and, and mic check, but, you know, <coughs> I, I think we're up and running. Um, so, so, yes, apologies to our listener um, for, for the interruptions there, but it all makes part of the fun that is Hutton Orbital News. Now, we had it planned perfectly, didn't we, Apology Officer? We did. In the, If we hadn't had to do the retakes... Mm -hmm. We would have finished the news theme out just as something quite special happened. We'll talk about it in a minute. Yes. But oh, we're going to need an apology for that one. So I'll give yeah. you a minute to come up with an apology. Um, but, yeah, so we, we are joined by Flossie, who's now got a microphone working again, by the apology officer, who you just heard, by Deadmeat GF, who might or might not be back again. I don't know. Am I back again? You no. are at least temporarily back again. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, by, by Commander Chicks, uh, he of Explorer Greatness. Hello, everybody. Uh, and by Amelia, who is getting ready for for the Galnet Food Digest later. I am indeed. I, I just <laughs> feel I just feel right now that I need to quote FTM Cloud Atlas right now. More seams than a secondhand gimp suit. <laughs> More seams than a secondhand gimp suit. Yes. Well, it certainly will be when um, Normski and I have to apply the scissors to both the video and the audio later. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious me! I think no, yes, we're going to be we're going to be up for a while. Um, but no, but we're going to go back to the apology officer first. Yes. Uh, for well, our latest news back from twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, let me let me just apologise um, on behalf of Hutton Orbital and Hutton Orbital Radio for the dodgy service you have been receiving tonight. This is due to a fault with the quantum entanglement device, which has been remedied. There we go. That's that bit done. It's good enough. <laughs> good enough. Yeah, that'll do. Um, so yeah, we were we were hoping to finish the news just as the new Perseverance rover landed on the surface of Mars after its seventh no, seven minutes of terror or crashed. Yeah, either way, it was going on to Mars. Those those wheels were going to touch Mars. Um, the the only the only really variable bit was the speed. Um, but as it turns out, it's down safely on Mars and is even sending back pictures and sending itself um, comments on Facebook. So it just said, uh, 
NASA Perseverance, Mars rover, I'm safe on Mars, Perseverance will get you anywhere. Hashtag countdown to Mars. So there you go. It's actually sending its own Facebook post now. That sounds very cool. But yes, they, they have safe touchdown. So um, for those of you that, that um, weren't up to speed with it, I think Commander Chicks has been watching sort of what the mission's about as well. I think you and I have swapped a couple of comments about it a little bit. We have, um, we have. Yeah, um, because you were the one who pointed out that it was happening during the show for us. So um, right. this is the latest rover. I think they've only had a 50% success rate on getting rovers down to Mars across all the countries that have been doing it. Um, because they sort of get it nearby and then they throw the rover really hard at the surface out of however <laughs> it's got there, right? And, and then stuff happens. So it, it plummets with uh, – it's a heat shield. for So the first stage is heat shield, heat and it shield. plummets through the atmosphere at ridiculous speeds. Parachute next. Parachute, parachute next. Parachute, parachute next. at about 1,000 kilometres an hour. Yeah. But it's not so, like jumping out of a parachute with one of those sort of World War II round ones that you've got no control over and end up dangling in a tree and complaining about your diddly doodars being strapped. No, it is, it is a round one. It is a round one. But it's, it, it's, it's not as uncontrollable as that, though. I think Chicks, the, mm. it does something, doesn't it, when it's under the parachute? It, it sort of thrusts a bit. There's much thrusting and manoeuvring. Yeah, well, it, it yeah, it its radar is looking down constantly to see where it needs to land because it, it it has a target in mind. No, it's so familiar it, so, with that. So it looks it, down. Yeah, it, yes. it's very familiar because if anybody's trying to land on a planet and you you forwards a bit, backwards a bit, left a bit, right a bit, trying to mm. find the, when it goes blue, so you can find that spot. That's exactly what it's been doing. It's been looking for the little blue spot, hasn't it, That's where right. it can actually touch down. And it's only a, what is it, 3.8G, something like that. So it's yeah. not going to do a flossy and faceplant. Boy. Oh, there's a clang there a, in your near future. I remember sticking its thrusters on. The next part is, the next part is the really exciting part, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is Because the, then it decides just as, a, I don't need a parachute, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it just says, no, no, parachute does away parachute. With, does away yep. with the, the heat shield, does away with the parachute, and then you're in the sky crane stage. Where actually the it that flies, is, yeah. flying bedstead kind of thing with rockets flies over, brings it down, lowers it down on, on cables, cable, on yep. cables, lowers it down to the surface, and then the sky crane fires itself away at an angle so it doesn't crash into the rover. So it fires itself away and crashes somewhere, yep. and yep, the rover is left on the surface. Even though it's doing that, it's actually got a camera, and uh, as it fires itself away, so I think they've got footage of it going wee. I yeah. can see my house from here. Absolutely yep. incredible. That's the seven minutes. Oh, Mr. Dusty. <laughs> and and Commander Chicks, I was, yeah, exactly. Mr. Dusty is now rolling around on the surface of Mars. So, Commander Chicks, this mission's slightly different from the other missions to Mars in that it's got extra instruments. It's been dropped into what they think is an old lake bed. Well, it's Jezero Crater, which contains a delta of a long, long gone river. They think. Yeah, and obviously it, it's a much more tricky environment than the previous ones because the previous ones they picked somewhere really, 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 really flat. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, as Dr. K was talking about earlier, there very little crustal action has gone on in this area, um, whereas this crater is it was all lumpy-bumpy, so finding a safe landing zone is quite mm. tricky. It's it's a bit like some of those surfaces where, yeah, there's just no chance of getting down somewhere flat and you have to go a kilometre away before you can get it, but it's found somewhere. Uh, but it's got new instruments on board, so it, it's, um, it has got... Uh, a microphone and speakers, as broadcast at the start of the show. It will actually be doing a better job than us because it will be broadcasting sound to Mars. <laughs> Question. Yes. yes. Far away. Crustal action. 
crustal action. Well, this was mentioned by Dr. Ross, Dr. Dr. K. Ross from uh, the Pilots Federation earlier on a live stream from the Pilots Federation, and apparently crustal action determines how crusty the surface is. Mm-hmm. And, and is, it also, ju- is it just a- applied to planets? It, apparently so. You can have deep crustal action. Deep crustal action. <laughs> yes, apparently. And, don't, uh, don't Google that. Yeah. <laughs> do, do not, do like not Google, Google this. No. <laughs> no. So, so yes, crust, crust, crustal action is is um, it's a bit like tectonics, but higher up, as I understand. But yes, it it, it is um, how thick the crust is, and whether it's all lumpy bumpy or not, and whether whether gravity is crushing and over time and making it all lumpy bumpy, or am it's I, lovely and smooth. Am I understanding this right? Does it have something to do with peeling the the, the scab off your knee? Oh, no. that's that's got some <laughs> crustal action. You're a horrible, horrible human being. Thank you. Oh, I've got terrible mental images now. Anyway, yeah. So, so yes, there, there will have been crustal action, according to well, Doctor Ross wasn't talking about Mars. Doctor Ross was talking about Odyssey, but we, we it's, it's much the same stuff. First landing <laughs> by the new rover, first feet on a new planet. Um, and, there's also, it, there's also a, I was just going to say, there's also another two missions that, that we mentioned. One is the Amal probe that was uh, uh, not probe uh, satellite that was sent by the United Arab Emirates. Uh, and that translates to hope. It's going to do, I think it's doing atmospheric studies. So it's going to look at Mars's atmosphere and seasons and things like that. So, yeah, that would be quite an interesting one. And then there is the Chinese one, which I'm just trying to find the name for it. Tianwen One, The Search for Heavenly Truth. Um, and that's That also, sounds very transcendental. Yeah. It's uh, well, it's in a, a transorbital at the moment, um, so it's it's in orbit around Mars, and well, in a couple of months when it's ready, it's going to drop a wee rover down, uh, and I don't know how they're doing it, but they're going to drop a rover down to the surface, and it's going to search uh, an area of the planet where they think there might be water uh, sort of hidden under the surface. So it's going to so- go and look for the water. It's all very exciting. Amongst the new instruments it's got on board as well, Commander Chicks, I understand there's going to be a, a first for Mars. They're going to be launching from the rover. Yes, a helicopter. They've got or a helicopter. A, oh! a, a, de- a device that we can close this approximate to a to a helicopter, yes. It's, it's, like one, of those, it's one of those ones that people buy with 4K cameras on it. They put up to take pictures of their house and things, Basically. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Similar, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's so we're going to have our first flight on Mars, not the first plummet and <laughs> nearly hit the surface, not the first Beagle bounce because I'm pretty sure Beagle did bounce, albeit in bits. Um, yeah. But this is going to be the first flight on Mars. Will be achieved uh, at some point during the early parts of the mission. But then there's, there's another instrument. They're going to be taking samples, but there's something different about the samples. It's going to analyze them, but there's a whole bunch of samples. It's not going to analyze. It's going to do something else with. Oh, it's going to poo, isn't it? It's going to poo, yes. Yeah. The the rover will have a poo, and it's going to leave them on the surface of Mars, nicely labelled up. And there is a mission by, I think they were saying by, by something silly like 2024, to go and pick it up. And send them back? Yes. So it's a little, to, the, little black plastic bag. Yeah, they'll send a pooper scooper, and then they'll fire that up to a waiting satellite that will bring it home. Yeah, we, we do that with Alvin's leavings over in O'Connor, you know, yeah. over in Van Man and stuff. But um, so yes, it, it's going to be pulling out samples. It's going to take them and it's putting them into ultra, ultra, ultra. Definitely didn't bring anything from Earth sealed tubes, which they've been testing at no carbon deposits, no nothing, and leaving them behind with a little marker on their little flag on top of it. <gasps> you know, poo is here, and and people are going to go back and pick them up, or they're going to send a rover to pick it. I have no idea how they're going to do it. Another rover to pick it up. I think it's the, sounding the, more and more like uh, Clapham High Street at three o'clock yeah. on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
A, there's little bags of poop everywhere, and B, mm. you wait two hours for a, a probe or a rover, and then three come along at once. <laughs> Yeah. The difference is no one picks the poo up in Clapham High Street. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, they do. They throw it in the branches of all the trees. Yeah. Or hang it on people's front gates. Yeah, yeah hang on. Hang on. Yes. That's what you do, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I think what happens is the next one will be a wee rover that trundles along and picks up the poo. And then, and then launches... A, a, lo- a, a Martian excursion vehicle will fire that up into the atmosphere where it will run Wally. through with a satellite that picks it up and brings it home. That's all very, very cool. It's it's, it's yeah. a bit like it's a bit like going down in your SRV, then your SRV getting in your ship, and then your ship getting onto your carrier, and then your carrier flying back to Sol. I think that's sort of the analogue, isn't it, of yeah. what we're doing here? Mm. Yeah. Um, which is it, it's actually quite exciting. <laughs> it really is. But you you, you imagine just uh, throw yourself an atmosphere, close your eyes, and hope you programmed it right. For goodness' sake, <laughs> and just oh, carry the, the one, carry the one. Just hope the advanced probinator unfolds the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's also because um, the previous rovers that have been out there have had sort of dodgy late nineteen nineties cameras in them, early two thousands cameras. Mm. Whereas we we've, we've they've got a full four K rig on that one. I mean, they've got the full streamers rig, haven't they? I mean, they're going to be you know, they're not quite broadcasting to Twitch, but I expect them to have a lot of followers on whatever channel they do broadcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a well done, NASA, and well, well done, the team. And that that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to seeing the photographs. Uh, have we got any photographs yet come through? Or uh, I think they've got some, some images. I reckon there would be a 13 to 26-minute delay as the, the images got there. But I'm sure I saw a black and white one straight away. Um, I don't imagine their uh, their bandwidth is, is very good. No, but at the speed of mind, as they say, but it's... <laughs> yes, this planet is very, very small. That planet is very, very far away. <laughs> Even at the speed of light, it takes about well, it doesn't it? Doesn't quite take a whole Hutton for it to get pictures to us, but it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, right, they've, they've got to they've got to check and make sure that they filter out the ones with aliens on, so we don't find out. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, from Litho Breaker, who we can always count on to be to be dead clever. Um, twenty twenty four ish, the next rover will pick up the poo bags and put them into the orbit of Mars. And twenty thirty, the year twenty thirty ish, it'll collect them from orbit. The next next mission will collect it from orbit and then bring them back to Earth. Oh, good. That's if Mark Watney hasn't planted yeah. uh, potatoes in them he'll first. Be, yeah, be planting <coughs> own poo. I was saying, st- stumbling across canisters on a, on a surface, it could only be more like Elite if there was a crash nav beacon nearby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> made, made of indestructium or unobtainium or whatever yeah. they're made of, yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, so going back to sort of stuff a little more close to home, um, obviously there was an awesome stream by uh, Dr. K. Ross of the Pilots Federation earlier, um, talking all about the Stellar Forge and planetary regeneration and the great things, other than Buck, who's already walking around on the surface looking really, really cold, um, the rest of us haven't yet experienced, and talking about the hairy dog theory. Or the hairy ball theory. No, the hairy ball theory, also known as the hairy dog theory. Yep. Did anybody catch up with what the hairy dog theory was about? Yes. Go on then. Yeah. Never brush a dog when it's wet. If you brush it when it's wet, the fur will go all over the place. You'll get all gummed, gummed up in the brush. It's also to do with planets. What she's saying is if you try to smooth the planet, it's got these sticky uppy bits. And if you try to brush the fur in one direction all the way around, at some point you, there has to be a seam. It can't just keep going that way. So it makes things 
anomalies. Yes, yeah, it's where you get these little spikes and funny cliffs and all sorts. Is along the seams, and mm. uh, uh, seams are perfect for this show because Amelia, as we know, this this show certainly tonight is <laughs> seamless. <laughs> well, it isn't. We're going back to that. Definitely quote. It's got not more, tonight, yeah. more, more more seams than a, um, a poorly suit. stitched. Yes, a poorly stitched gimp suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was fascinating, and there were some wonderful screenshots came out. Um, not the ones we've just the ones we've seen back at LaveCon. Was it two years ago where they showed the ones off of the ice planets? But there've been a load more atmospheric ones with different colours and all sorts. Multiple light sources, I think, were commented on. Yeah. So um, there was no comment on whether rings would cast a shadow yet, but there was some umming and ari. It wasn't a no. That's yeah. what we're going to say. Do you know what I picked up one as well? Ring snow. Ring, ring snow. snow. Oh, ring snow. Yes. I did not know ring snow was a thing. Um, yep, you have lived. <laughs> <laughs> Flossie, if you were ring asked what snow? ring snow was, what, what would you say ring snow was, Flossie? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> what about Amelia? It... <laughs> um, yeah. No idea. Um, I'm, I, I don't want to say anything in case I incriminate myself. <laughs> you don't want that's, to get that's later. off the air. <laughs> yeah, that's later on the show. Um, do you, well, uh, how, about, how about Dead Me GF? How are you on the subject of ring snow? I have no idea, but I would imagine it's something to do with debris falling from the rings into the atmosphere. And That's exactly what it is. You know what? Base particles you... falling oh. from the rings. He may not look like a clever sod, but he is. Yeah. I, yep. I get it all from Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> and, and talking of clever sods, Commander Chicks, just stepping back a second um, to, to the, uh, the hairy dog theory, you had a technical explanation on the hairy dog theory. I did. I I. I did what most sensible people do, and I used Google. Um, the hairy ball theorem, theorem of algebraic topology, sometimes called the hedgehog theorem in Europe, states that there is no non-vanishing continuous tangent field on even-dimensional n-shapes, n-spheres, sorry. Now, if you understood half of that... That's what I said earlier. Me. You know, if you reach into a bucket of words and pull them out at random. Exactly. <laughs> Would you like dresses yeah. with your word salad? <laughs> If, uh, I think it boils well, down to if, 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 if you brush a hairy ball, you always end up with a seam. There you yeah. go. Yep. That's what it means in, in, in layman's terms. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah. And there, were, there were some wonderful pictures of different colour planets. I mean, the surfaces that we're going to walk on sometime soon are stunning. There was news this week also from um, Director Braben. <clears throat> Chief Executive Braben, Director Braben. What what is he these days? He is Boss Braben. Anyway, the Boss Braben had been walking around on planets and testing it out himself. Yeah. Oh. To which everyone was very very jealous. We understand that the Pilots Federation Community Management Team have also been testing it out themselves, including breaking the rules. Whatever you do, don't go to planets without atmospheres. At which point, the first thing that uh, one of the CM team did go to a planet without atmosphere and have a look at it. <laughs> <clears throat> and admitted it live on stream. I suspect there's going to be a meeting tomorrow morning <laughs> about this one. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it 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 does it does look. I mean, the surfaces just look beautiful. I think yeah. I think the SPVFA are going to have a field day with this one. They they kind of sunlight or starlight coming through the atmosphere as well. You just look kind of you get that lovely haze and everything. You know, you think well, well, and well that the, looks the, like a hazy sunny day. Apparently, bounce is a thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, because on planets with um, the small atmospheres, you get bounce off the atmosphere on the light, which means you get less stark light. There you go. Mm. Oh, I was thinking of something different, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you always are. You always are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it all looks exciting. Obviously, there's, there's, there's no information yet on when we're actually going to get our permits for these planets, but... Um, 
soon brackets trademark there has been for xbox the autumn we've been told (laughs) but there is good news there is good news for commanders flying team hotbox commanders Mm -hmm. or pending or potential team hotbox commanders there is good news this week oh yeah yeah it's gonna it's on game pass isn't it and the game pass basically means if you pay the internet for stuff they're gonna give you elite isn't that how it works i think it is yeah for a while anyway Mm -hmm. you know so you can play it up and then go yeah i like this I'm going to play more. So, yep. yeah, it should it should get some new commanders anyway. Absolutely. And obviously, they won't be listening to this show, but if they were, we'd encourage them to become a Hutton trucker, but only if they've got a good sense of humour and don't mind all the seams. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. seams are a theme on this show. Um, right, we do have a so. reply from... And Flossie oh. can possibly cover this one for us. We have a reply from last week, because I think, uh, apology officer, during your broadcast, yes. you weren't handing out a Hutton decal. Unless someone did something. There was a specific commander who had to explain themselves, which I believe they've done. And I think uh, if you give Flossie the bit of paper, I think she's got the answer there. Yeah. Uh, Peter Von Bumminface here. As requested, the nickname came from my late teens, early 20s, and is in reference to some rather dodgy dance moves that came from my intoxicated alter ego. Now, as a parent of not one, but two, second-born four days ago, small children, those dance moves are firmly in the past, but the stories and memories live on. Oh, isn't that nice? Well, we, we, would, mm. we, we would take the mickey relentlessly, but on the basis that Commander Peter Von Bumminface um, has become a, a new dad recently, uh, four yes. days ago, we're going to say lots of sympathy. We don't think you're going to get any sleep anytime soon, but congratulations, enormous congratulations from the team over here at Hot Norbital Radio. Yay, congratulations. Yay, congratulations. Yep, and and uh, yes, uh, I, I don't know how old the other one is, but um, they may well just be just be out of nappies, and you've gone back into the breach, as they say. <laughs> um, I don't envy you that one one little bit. Um, right. Um, in terms of other things that's going on, we have a confession as well, apology officer, and actually we're going to hand over to Dead Meat GF on this one. We have an apology officer from our sister uh, apology from our sister radio station about an incident. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this one. So, Deadmeat GF, are you aware of the incident? This this has been brought to the attention of Alvin, this incident. Um, no. I'm You're not? not. No. Go on, hands, up, hands up anybody who knows Shall about I explain the it? I, I'm Go not on, sure I go. want to be. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking, utterly heartbreaking um, it's, circumstances. It's, it's a tale of neglect is what it is. Oh, it's horrible. It's, um, who, who was it? It was... Oh... Oh, it was one of the presenters it of was one of the presenters. Radio. It wasn't Colin Ford, was it? It certainly was, yes. Oh, it was Colin Ford, yes. Phoenix Defire. Phoenix Defire, who has two hot mugs, we believe. We believe he has a silver one, or had a silver one, and oh, a gold yeah. one. Uh, and somebody thrashed... Well, he doesn't anymore, does he? Not anymore, no, because we believe uh, that um, while we had a floor mopping guy on loan to leave radio, that he accidentally knocked one of the mugs off of a desk and it smashed on the floor so there is a, a deconstructed hut and mug out there and you would think any sensible person at that point would have locked their second hut and mug away somewhere mm, safe don't you mm, but no no are, his... are you suggesting that he's less sensible than commander overlight <laughs> yes <laughs> most definitely given given what happened to the second one go on go on tell us uh the second one seems to have been well it's got something growing in it 
He says he said somebody took it and grew watercress in it. We don't believe that. No, we have confirmation. It is actually watercress. They've taken it as a plant pot and grown watercress, mods proof watercress, mm. in a gold hut and mug. Yes. And <laughs> he has subsequently left that job and never been given the mug back. How can you leave that building? How can you walk out of that building and not have your mug with you? How can- now, Amelia. Yes. Hut and mugs have a variety of purposes in this life. Yes. Obviously, the the most obvious purpose as a mug is to drink tea from, or gin, or coffee, yes, or, or coffee, or or, or, or yeah. fluid of some kind. Because in in super cruise, the mug has an astonishing property. It keeps your drink hot. So it does, it, it's got a practical of what it's made purpose. From. But Commander Deadmeat, the mug has a second property. Does it not? That's a, yes, it does. <laughs> It prevents something, something terrible. Uh, I've got... Mods. Yes. um, It must be mods, which I haven't got because I've got a mug and I haven't broken it. I'm sorry, I'm I'm totally stunned by this story. I'm finding it difficult to even process it. I know, it's it's terrible. Mods, Flossie, (laughs) stands for what? Mug or... A mug... Ownership. Ownership. (laughs) Ownership. Deficiency. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you don't have a hut and mug, you're going to get space lurgy. If you don't have a hut and mug, you're going to get space mumps. If you don't mm. have a hut and mug, you might end up with an itchy flight suit. All of these things can be blamed on mods, mug ownership deficiency syndrome. The only cure for them is to look after your hut and mug. Yeah. yeah. It's important. I know. Very important. And this, this, this individual has not only not looked after his hut and mug, he's not looked after two Let's hut and mugs. He's smashed one, and he's growing greenery out of the other. Mm. There Disgusting. Is, it is. There's also an alternative theory that the um, that the watercress doesn't watercress, um, and that it's a late, he just left it on his desk when he went off for lockdown, um, and that that's <laughs> it had a bit of tea and some biscuit crumbs in it, and that's what they've turned into. Um, the third one is signing up. Yeah, the third one is It's a creation myth for the fa- for the thargoids, we think. Yeah. Galnet Food Digest would probably try and eat it, wouldn't you, mm. Amelia? Yes, definitely. Most definitely. Yes. Um, actually, we're going back to our ever-so-clever Commander, Commander Chicks. There is potentially a solution to smashed mugs, of course. Particularly golden ones. Mm. Particularly mm. golden ones. There is an ancient art you know, of, of repairing Japanese. golden mugs. Japanese art of kintsugi. Kintsugi, which yes. Means is golden joinery. So it's it's repairing oh. broken pottery and then you uh, highlight the 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 joins. So it's definitely not seamless. In fact you draw it's, attention to the seams with um, gold, <laughs> silver. Yeah, you mean you mean a bit like this show. We seem to Yes. On a theme on this show. I, b- I believe yeah. it's actually such a beautiful technique that some people purposefully break their things so that they can as uh, seam them back together with um, gold. Overlight, if you're listening, mm. that was your excuse. Yes. Yeah, and, so and just like this it's show... Like fake yes, Kintsugi. We, 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 we smash this show just so we can make it better again. Um, <laughs> but even, even so, we're still going to frown at uh, Commander Phoenix to fire because that kind of neglect of a hut and mug... Um, do you have any space, Deadme, over at, um, you know, where we mean, there? Oh, definitely, yes. Yes, I'll get fluted to, fluted to polish another corner. Yeah, 
So, so there's definitely a, a polish it with your toothbrush kind of situation in the naughty step happening in the very near future for our sister station of Lave Radio. <clears throat> So, yes, if you do have a Hutton mug and you've worked really hard to get one and other people don't have one, um, please do look after them. Right. Um, it's, it's sort of getting on, on with the show, but we had some wonderful banter. But um, Commander Ventura, um, I believe we've got an up to the second Galnet News Digest maybe ready in the decks. Yes, we do. Ready? We, we do. Yes. So we're going to do that now. We do. And then we're going to come back um, to Flossie with the CG News um, about us all getting great gear and great stuff for our ships. So does anybody have yes. anything else to add before we move on to the up to the second delivered after the show started, Galnet News Digest? No. 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 Awesome. Yeah. In which case, Commander Ventura, having bought you some time to get that loaded in, please do take it away. Galnet News Digest, 18th of February, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, walking in Thargoid ships. Rochester behind bars. Q&K. Walking in Thargoid ships. A little more information has come out about the delayed getting out and walking about permits, codenamed Odyssey. There's some doubt whether even the current plan to make Odyssey permits available to users of the PC control system only before the end of May will be possible. However, when they eventually arrive, it has been confirmed that we will be able to walk around and in Guardian and Thargoid planetary sites. If the theory that the Thargoid sites are actually crashed Thargoid motherships if that turns out to be true, then we will be walking around inside Thargoid ships. We don't yet know if Guardians or Thargoids will have left structures on the new planets we can land on. Commanders without the Odyssey permit will not be allowed to land on any of the new planets, the ones with thin atmospheres. Not even if they promise to stay inside their ships, and Commanders will not be able to walk around on planets where the gravity is so high that they can't get out of their chairs or where the temperature or the corrosive nature of the atmosphere means that they'd melt. Some PS4 control system commanders can't land on any planets at present. This is not connected with Odyssey permits, and the Pilots' Federation continues to work to get it sorted. Rochester behind bars. Swift action by the Silver Legal Group means that rogue senior executive Jupiter Rochester will soon face trial for paying to have President Jasmina Halsey assassinated. Expansionist and ruthless, Rochester took over Vodal, the manufacturer of the SRV and a number of other smaller companies, under the umbrella of Core Dynamics. What he didn't reveal was that he was really running a company within a company, the so-called Jupiter Division, with employees loyal not to Core Dynamics but to Rochester himself. He was on the point of taking over the ailing lake on spaceways when information about his past dealings began to emerge. Most significantly, he is suspected of having paid a Fleet Admiral Vincent to attempt to murder the federal president, an act that resulted in the deaths of several hundred politicians, journalists and civil servants. So not all that bad. He was trying to get President Halsey, who secretly favoured slimming down the Navy, 
out of the way, so his company would continue to receive lucrative defence contracts, and in that he succeeded. President Halsey didn't die, but she was missing long enough to lose her premiership. Rochester was arrested in HIP 54530, at least partly due to the sterling efforts of triple elite commander Sykert. He will be taken to Mars in the coming days to be charged, along with several thousand of his loyal followers. Commanders who assisted in the battle to arrest Rochester found themselves temporarily stuck on board the megaships when they jumped out this morning due to a defect with the docking restraints. The Iron Wings of Justice megaship in Sao Tach is now the place to go if you want to earn a permit to the HIP 54530 system. All efforts have now turned to sourcing rare goods for the forthcoming Galactic Summit. Q and K Many of the worlds we know and love may seem dramatically different when the Odyssey permits become available. Old landscapes will be swept away, replaced by something new and, quite frankly, more interesting. From the polar ice caps through the mountains, past craters and onto plains, the worlds will seem more real, more tangible, more detailed, with dust blowing in the thin atmospheres and interesting and currently mysterious biological features to discover. The surfaces of planets will no longer look like they've been generated purely mathematically. They'll look as if they are incorporating recognisable features rotated and blended together into a rich environment that's really worth getting out and walking around on to experience in full. Features will be visible from way out in space. But, and it's a big but, if you have a particular planet you love because of its special icy ridges or a huge pillar or a funny-shaped mountain that looks a bit like something rude, well, visit it again soon because it's likely to look completely different in three or four months. The Pomesh Ridge Challenge might become the Pomesh Plains Challenge. There's going to be an opportunity to explore the planets of the galaxy all over again. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. And we're back in the studio. Correctly, <clears throat> that is up to the second. That, that's very much up to the second. I think that stream ended about 20 minutes before we went on the air. And he managed to do it, get it out to us, and get it, well, ready for broadcast in that time. So, yeah, thank you very much to Commander Wotherspoon and to the Beetle Jude for uh, sorting that one out for us. So, next, if, if Flossie is ready, and your mic is still working. <clears throat> is it working still? It seems to have been stable. We want no more seams, Flossie. Yeah. <laughs> However, if we, if we if we start getting a ladder in our watsits, we we may just say no, no, it's not working, and we'll hand over to. So, who's going to be our emergency volunteer for for Flossie in case in case it dies again? I'll be the stand-in. Right. So, uh, Flossie, yeah, if we suddenly okay. make an apology and the and the the apology officer jumps in, it's because it's gone pear-shaped. Other than that, um, Flossie, yes. fingers crossed. Yeah. After the music, crossed. take it away. Okay. It's fast. 
this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CG um, was won by the Silver Legal Group with the top 75% uh, receiving a permanent permit to the HIP 54530 system. Uh, This week's CG is Rare Goods Required for Galactic Summit. Sirius Corporation has requested deliveries of consumables to Lighten Star for the forthcoming diplomatic conference. Sirius Corporation has placed orders for these rare commodities. Eden Apples of Ariel, S. Grace Tea Buds, Garasian Guise Beer, Giant Urukama Snails, Goman Yopan Coffee, Karsuki Locusts and Lavian Brandy. All shipments are to to be delivered to Ashby City in the Leighton Star System. They will then be ferried to Sirius before the conference begins. If the initiative is successful, Sirius Corporation will make the fully engineered long-range fastboot size 5 frameshift drive available for purchase at all human technology brokers. Each tier reached will further reduce the resources required for acquiring the module in the first two weeks of availability, starting on the 26th of February. Datamined work exceptions, base requirements 18, reduced by two for each tier above tier one. Tellurium base requirements, uh, tellurium base requirements 26, reduced by four for each tier above tier one. Electrochemical arrays, base requirements 26, reduced by 4 for each tier above tier 1. And chemical processors, base requirements 28, reduced by 4 for each tier above tier 1. If the initiative is successful, Sirius Corporation will gift the module and a permanent Sirius system permit to the top 75% of pilots. The module will be placed in storage at the Ashby City Starport in Leuton Star System by the 26th of February. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering Eden Apples of Ariel, Esquire's Tea Buds, Galician Guru's Beer, Giant Irukama Snails, Gorman Yorpan Coffee, Karsuki Locus and Lavian Brandy to Ashby City in the Luton Star System. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. <coughs> Ooh, so hang on a second. Rare goods, Flossie. Yes. I mean, tea and geezer beer. The Irukama snails. Amelia, we've done the Irukama snails, haven't we? Yes, we have. Those are yeah. the ones where you can actually use their shells as houses. And, um, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, yeah. so big. And the coffee, yeah. the, go- the Goman Yalpon coffee we've covered, the Karsuki locusts we've done. We've uh, not yes. reviewed the Ithgrease tea buds or the geezer beer yet, have we? Not yet, but we'll get there. We will get there. And, of course, the Lavian brandy, everyone's reviewed because we've all had some. But um, I suppose at some point we need to get onto the the tea and the Lavian brandy. But um, so so Flossie, but there there are no Hutton mugs. There's no Centauri Mega Gin requirements. No, no. 
Now, I did spot um, earlier that somebody was asking the question, which one of these has the the highest number available at the moment? Which is the easiest one? Uh, well, the highest number is the beer, but it's yeah. with the longest <laughs> super cruise. It's not as long as Fossen, yes. but it's the longest of the roll. It's a million, million light seconds. Yeah. Which is about, I've got uh, 60 half, tons in my... Oh, there we go. The next best is the Lavian Brandy. Which you get 48. 40, 48 tons, yes. That's the easy one, isn't it? I think Lavian Brandy's got to be well, for the win, hasn't it? I've made five trips there so far, and I'm in, <laughs> wow. and I'm in top 25%. <laughs> well, it's all right for some. You've got the time to do these things. I'm busy messing around in planes. Um, well, so <laughs> there's no there's no Hutton requirements, so there's none of our none of our um, Pantar prayer sticks. There's none of our Indie no. Bourbon. There's none of our Centauri Mega Gin Boo. Um, now, there is an accepted method for getting lots of rares in one go isn't there there is yes what is the accepted method for getting lots of these rares in one go right before i say it don't google it teabagging. don't google it <laughs> teabagging do not google it no teabagging and teabagging is what if i mean hutton truckers know this one but teabagging is what it's where you cooperate with other commanders by um uh, one person will be receiving all the uh, um, goods while the others go into the station, get their allotment and come back out and drop them. And then the person collecting sends out their collecting limpets and picks them up. Yes. And, and, and no tittering, please, dead yes. meat. And the person, <laughs> the person bringing the tea bags is the bagger, and the person yeah. receiving the tea bags is the baggie. <laughs> yes, the baggie, yes. Um, and so. Uh, and they recycle every 10 minutes. So if you've given yeah. somebody, if so you've, if you've teabagged got few, somebody, yeah. then you've got to wait 10 minutes before you can teabag them again. But if yeah. there's three of you in rotation, you can almost continuously yeah. uh, and, bring bring rares um, out from With four, 48 or 60 at a time, they can soon fill the ship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With Hutton mugs, it was taking us, what, a half hour to fill up a <laughs> yeah. Type 9. But... Um, you can do it far faster over at Lave. Um, recommendation is obviously don't drop your stuff within the no-fire zone of the station because otherwise, Flossie, what happens to you? Get fined. <laughs> you get fined. How big's your fine, Flossie? Oh, I don't. <laughs> but the thing is, if there's, if there's NPC pirates that keep pinching it, it's better to pay the fine than have them all stolen from you. Yeah. Yes, Hutton wants Flossie. I mean, last time you were out at Hutton Orbital getting teabagged, um, there was a wanted notice up with your picture <laughs> around the station saying, have you seen this little out anywhere? They keep making a mess all around the station. But, um, well, look, thank you very much indeed, Flossie. Um, so now it is time to go over to the apology officer in a second with, with the sports report. Are you ready for the sports report, apology officer? No, carry on. Have, have you got the <laughs> statistics all in front of you in great graphs? I'd, I'll explain about that when we start. Right, in, in which case, uh, if, if Norman MC is ready, then please do play the intro. Welcome to this week's Hutton Sports Report. It's still broken, so there's no graphs, there's no stats, there's no numbers this week. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free sprig of lucky white heather. This week's non-events probably include, but are not limited to, a big boy did it and ran away, or the dog ate my Hutton Helper, or we called with the results but you were out, 
or we were invaded by penguins and they took the results under the ice with them, or it was nuns, or the penguins. I never know which is which. Or Colonel, Colonel Mustard murdered the hut and helper in the library with the candlestick. And so we move on to the classified results. So, never sail fast through an ice field. Learn the difference between hydrogen and helium. And whatever you do, never feed a mogwai after midnight. Right, um, teletype's still not working. We did get a new ink ribbon, but it's for an Olivetti letter 32. So it snapped inside the teletype and we're waiting on a gramophone repair man now. So, okay. Um, right, let's get started. Here we come. Carrier pigeons this week. Right, here comes Bella the pigeon now. Oh, look at a beautiful plumage with those pinky purpley feathers at her neck. Oh. Anyway, Cove Rangers 2, Clyde 3. Peterhead 1. Falkirk, three. Ross, six seven one county, two. PSPL, PSPF, LF two flappers, two. Hutton Academical, one. Hillpassy Hibernian, two. Narenses Lions, three. Spartastein, two o five one, two. Wolf, one four eight one Thistle. Four. Trepin Terriers. Nil. Alpha Centauri Centaurs. Two. Avic. Two. Stats are not legally binding, are probably wrong, should not be taken seriously, and are to be disregarded immediately. Och, bear a shat all over my script. Beat it, you feathery bastard. Right. Well, as everything's broken, it's a decal bonanza again this week. So, decals four. Raven, 74656. Tovera, Broken Mage, Mad Mac underscore 5, C.pot, the 2Ts, so it's C.pot. Uh, please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of tin of gloss paint, an industrial fan, and a really big bit of pipe with a template sellotape to the end of it. There was one Hutton run in the last seven days by Commander Jintosh. No one near the record, I'm afraid. Could you do better than this week's winners? Do you have what it takes to be a Hutton legend and top the scoreboards? If we ever have scoreboards again. Then why not go to hutton to hot.fathermog.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper to get your name on a grainy, black and white, flickery image that keeps cutting out. Let's face it, anything has to be better than eating 19 heart-shaped pancakes on your own. Oh no, I've got pigeon poo in my hands. Wait a minute, is that pigeon poo? Hmm. Yeah, it is. Anyway, back to the studio. Thank you, Mia. Let's hope that the squirrels that power the hut and helper are put back in their wheels sometime soon. Now, it's time for the Garnet Food Digest, and for reasons that will become obvious shortly, we've been saving this one up. You're in for a very special treat, unless you're Mary Whitehouse, in which case we'll direct you to the apology officer. Well, not sorry, we meant it. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. 
the galaxy. Other than heavily processed and artificial foods, most of what can be eaten can be broken into two categories. Those things which are farmed, cultivated or bred for their nutritious properties or delicious flavors, and everything else. The everything else is made up from the abundant life out there in the galaxy. Anything that can be caught, hunted, or just foraged from out there in the wild on any planet that sustains an atmosphere, and in some cases those that don't, or even just in deep space. Of the life out there, occasionally it's non-toxic. Some of it is edible. An even smaller portion is actually tasty. Of course, there's a significant portion of the protein out there that just tastes like chicken, as so many things do. But every now and again, you come across a planet where uncultivated foods are a delicacy and have that special little something. In my hunger to find something truly original and delicious to bury my face into and gorge myself on, I've headed to the HIP-10175 system, as it's rumored that their signature bush meat is something people long after. In Earth's prehistory and right up to the 21st century, bush meat described just about anything from the animal kingdom that humans could eat. And eat they did, with gusto. From Aboriginal Australians and their witchetty grubs, through to the more remote jungle tribes and their diet of snakes and rats, and the odd explorer. Before the 21st century, chowing down on bushmeat was often frowned upon in polite society, and often associated with obscure native practices. It was thought that only extreme hunger and lack of availability of sturdy protein led to the need for grabbing whatever you could from the bush. In later years, dabbling in a little bush meat became a delicacy to be enjoyed by the bourgeois, a little something exotic for the weekend, and the subject of something rather unsavoury for low-grade TV challenges. The link between bushmeat and viral outbreaks, however, led to the outlawing of this practice early in the 21st century, when the only meaty thing that you were allowed to chow down on was intensely farmed, most probably injected with steroids, and as a result, um, rather limp and unsatisfying. With the advent of modern medicines, antivirals and immune system boosters, in more recent years, being presented with the exotic at a party has fallen into favour once more. HIP-10175 has been at the forefront of this new fad. It's a water world, and life is abundant. If you're asked when you arrive here if you'd like a little bush, don't be squeamish, you're in for a treat. Much of the local life is aquatic or avian, though there are local delicacies of all shapes and sizes. Some of it's fishy, especially the aquatic birds, but the variety available is astounding. The local indigenous life is naturally spicy and exotic. You'll prefer it with nothing on, just hot, fresh and tasty. As for the danger, the biggest danger here is probably that you might miss out. I'm a huge fan. 
but it's hard to find, expensive to buy, and far better if someone gives it to you as a treat. The only bad experience I've had? A dodgy kebab on the way back from drinks when I arrived, which um, wasn't as fresh as it could have been. I'm Amelia Hawke of the Galnet Food Digest, and there's a delicious looking local bird laid out in front of me. I've tried HIB bushmeat, and I'm keeping it all to myself. You've never tried a bit of bush. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was trying to think of quotes to go in here, like you know, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the anyway, and it, <laughs> it all just starts getting a little bit. I just go a bit pink, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> yes, um, but uh, yes, bush meat does sound um, uh, very uh, appetising. Yes, like I said, if you've never tried a bit of bush, I highly recommend it. Well, exactly. It's oh, dear, I don't know how to follow that one really. <laughs> I've just gone horribly, horribly pink. But um, yes, I mean it, it does sound like one of the more more appealing um, things that you've you tried. You certainly seem to have enjoyed it a lot more than oh, yes. some of the some of the things we've we've, we've uh, made you eat. This is the best one yet. It was so good. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean it's even better than the Aruka sweets. Oh yes. Although you can couple Aruka sweets with a bit of bush. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's many, many, many a thing goes well with a, a bit of bush meat. Um, oh, dear. I just I just say don't, ne- never eat bush meat without permission. Oh, yeah, it's all no, very consensual. You have to, yeah, absolutely. It has to be ethical. Yeah, and, and and obviously, I mean, I mean, human beings are terrible creatures, aren't they? Just you know, uh, go, going out there and hunting down bush meat at every opportunity, rather than um, yes, the, the more cultivated kind. <laughs> oh dear, this is. I mean, it hasn't quite gone Dockers, but my brain has. The inside of my head is just—it's <laughs> it's all got a bit Dockers in there, it's and I blame Mr. Dockers. Shouter for that. Yeah, was it was it Dockers dash BS? BS dash Dockers. BS. That's yeah. the one. BS dash Dockers. Oh, dear. and of course you don't want any outbreaks, so only go for regulated bush meat. You know, never, never go for the unregulated kind because you don't know where it's been. Exactly, you really don't. and You're you don't make want sure bush meat. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want bush meat when you don't know where it's been. That, that's that, that. That way lies um, hospital bills. I'm pretty sure. Um, speaking of which, I also mentioned witchy grubs, which taste like peanuts if lightly roasted. Lovely. I, apparently so. Yes, though. Then I, I have adventurous tastes, but. Maybe not that adventurous. They are delicious. Again, something I would highly recommend. Yeah. Well, and tarantula and snake and iguana. Iguana's good. I don't know. It's so so adorable when they look at you. I I don't know. Maybe it's a bit like the you know why why certain cultures don't eat dogs. I mean, we would frown on that one at at Hutton. You know, dogs being adorable, floppy-eared leaders that we definitely wouldn't look at as a snack because he might bite us. Well, Um, that's why we don't expand into lave because they do eat dogs there. Do they? Terrible people smashing mugs and eating. Oh dear, that that I mean, never will do. Never will do. Okay, well, look, thank you very much to the audience for joining us. It's been good fun this evening. We, we've got one one heck of an editing job to do between us. Um, <laughs> thank you very much to Commander Chicks and his words of wisdom. Hey, good evening. 
Yep. Thank you very much to Flossie and all of the information. Thank you. And don't forget, obviously, if you and your your fellow pilots have any events going on that you want us to publicise here on the radio show, please do send them in to us, and we'll pass them over to Flossie to include in a future show. Um, especially good if you can send us links to post as well. Then we can tell people in the chat what on earth's going on. Um, thank you very much to uh, the Dead Meat GF and the sort of information that we had to read for you on the um, the Hutton systems. Have you anything any follow ups on that one? Or just just Avic, Avic, and Avic. Uh, just do as you're told, really. Yeah, just do as you're told. I, I may not be, I may not be Flossie, but <laughs> do as you're told anyway. Yeah, do do, do as you're told. Otherwise, <laughs> Flossie will pan you on his behalf. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, yes. Thank you very much, the apology officer. I, I think we need a few for a few for this week. <laughs> Um, and yeah. the Hutton Helper, we're hoping, will be back online. Um, basically, so many people have signed up, and there's so much data coming through that the poor servers are groaning under the load. Um, yeah. So we, we know that Interius Fusion and the team are looking at it as we speak. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing everything he can to get it up and run again. In the meantime, I'm quite enjoying writing one, writing sports reports with no stats. It's quite... It's quite, it's, less it's less challenging than you think it would be, actually. It's quite well, you mean fun. you don't have to read out Alex Zuno yet again? I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. Alex Zuno hasn't won anything in the last two weeks, and I don't need to bother with facts. It's great. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I think as somebody posted in the chat channel earlier, never let facts get in the good the way of a good Hutton story. Oh, God, um, no. But no, the thing is, all of the stories that we broadcast have an absolute basis in fact. They're never oh, entirely yeah. made up. No, they're not. They're real. Yeah. I mean, Buck Naked has been in a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. He has had to set fire to things to keep himself warm, and his internal temperature has gone down to twelve degrees. These are all facts. <laughs> yeah. How did how do you know how did they measure his internal temperature? Oh, he's got a good meat probe. You don't want to ask. To yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they use a thermal probinator. It has, some, it has something to do with most people. It has <laughs> something to do with deep crustal action. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, and you, you make that joke, but the deep crustal action did happen, as did the hairy dog, or the hairy ball theory. Mm-hmm. The, seams, the seams are actually part of science and maths. Yes. Yep. So if you think we make this all up, then, then go. The Mars Rovers. All the, the Mars thing- rovers mentioned are real Mars rovers and real Mars yeah. probes. Absolutely. Uh, and the CGs are definitely real, uh, as are the rewards. So they don't happen the second it finishes. They happen a day or so later, don't they, Flossie? Yeah, usually yeah. they do. So. Yeah. Um, so other than that, it remains... To, who have I forgotten? I didn't forget. But I forgot Norman on the on the decks, who's been picking up Galnet at the last minute. Thank you very much, um, DJ Normski. No it's problem. your week this week. I think it's yes. me on next week, is it? Yes, I, I believe so. I you always seem to ask that same question every time it's you. Yeah. Every time <laughs> I ask, it's always, it's always, always me. Uh, thank you very much, obviously, to the, the, the missing Commander Palantir. He's absolutely fine, but he's opened a bottle of Beaujolais and is swimming in the bottom of it at the moment. So hence why he hasn't joined us this evening. Um, and thank you to our to our listeners, to the to the audience. Uh, we've got a couple of name checks to the Atomic Dustbin, to Aiton, to Bitstorm, Carbo14XYZ, to Beetle Jude. Hello, Beetle Jude. To Pryderi and Commander Rude and Droop Dog. Related to Snoop Dogg, we don't know how. The Dusty Shoe, the Feet, the Cloud Atlas, currently retired. The Go With Him. Now, that's probably not a good idea. Um, the Go With Him, they have this to Ice Wizards, Litho Breaker. Of course, lovely to have you here, Litho Breaker. The Luis, Luis on the keyboard, the retired Navy IT1, Sapphire UK, Snark 3D, 
and ZX121. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we will be uploading this to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to um, pop in and see that. If you missed any of the show, we're looking at you, Snark3D, who turned up after all the important news. Um, other than that, it remains for us to say one important thing. For the, for the mug! mug! Good night, mug. everyone. never really mattered at all we're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today super cruising all across the milky way we'll take anything anytime anywhere loading up the teenagers to the brim with into the sun Swivel likes the pilot on the Xbox One Alvin at the front you know he leads as well Trucking across the galaxy now everybody yells Follow the map Follow the map Yeah you know just where we're coming from Follow the map Follow the map Now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song Follow the map Follow the map Yeah you know just where we're coming from Follow the map Sing the hood and drop the song Very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. I'm Mr. Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. I'm good.
Avika, where to go? <laughs> Seamless. Seamless. It's time now for our regular look at the community-led events out there. Saturday at 2100 UTC sees the start of the Small Ship Bounty Hunting event organised by Commander Venezia. There's an entry We will be heading to Wolf 1481 for bounty hunting. We will only be using small ships for this trip, so make sure... Well, this is going well. We appear to have lost Commander Flossie there, so... <clears throat> oh, um, sorry, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, you are there. Oh, no, you are there, you are there. Uh, we I lost you was... completely through through a whole chunk of that, Flossie. Um, so do you right. want to take it from the from the top there? Okay. If, 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 it, if it goes pear-shaped again, then we'll volunteer a, another member of the crew to to, to fill in <laughs> until the, the end. But, uh, Flossie, I'll take two. Okay, Take two, break right. the leg, take it away. <laughs> it's time now for a regular look at the community-led events out. No, we appear to have lost Flossie again. So um, oh, we're again. Gonna, we've lost Flossie again. Yeah. So we, I tell you what, because we've got a, a glitchy happening, we're just going to hand over to, to a willing volunteer because it keeps cutting you out there. But um, should, should we hand over to um, Amelia? Would you like to cover for Flossie while we, <laughs> we we hammer on the panel and make it work again? Certainly, certainly. It's time now for our regular look at the community-led events out there. Saturday at twenty-one hundred UTC. See, could someone stop scrolling when messing with the? <laughs> oh god great it's, it's all gone far i can see clapping over at nasa but no it's definitely no clapping in this studio right <clears throat> let's right let's just go let's go again it's sorry take, that was me take take four <laughs> take no take five whichever take 56 yes it's time now for our regular look at the community-led events out there saturday at 2100 utc sees the start of the small ship bounty hunting event organized by commander venezia Nail. 